Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode two, sponsored by Nobody. My name is Suns Fan, joined by the great, the one, the only, Cinderwin. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I woke up for this, so... Great start to my day, as as it will be in the future always, more or less, unless we change the recording time. So Good. I sound great, right? I sound like I totally didn't just wake up for this. You sound terrific. Thanks for letting us know. Really appreciate awesome. that. I'm the one recording oh, no at 2 a.m., by the way, just saying. Yeah, Although, that's like your afternoon. I was going to say the exact same thing. Anywho, on to the actual podcast. It is now available on all major podcast apps, my friend. That means Apple. That means Google. That means Spotify. I've had some issues with Apple because this could be a rant in the future, by the way. <laughs> really don't like Apple. Really not a fan. Uh, if you can't find it on Apple, just type Suns fan or Cinderin and it should pop up. But I think it should be fine for the most part. Um, as always, you can go to sunsfan.gg slash podcast to uh, see all the links to all the special places you can find it. Um, and Cinderin, I don't know if you know this, but if people rate our podcast highly... It helps. Can you believe it? Oh. That's I guess we have to earn it though, with some really great content today. So yes. people are gonna love it. And maybe one day we can equalize our sound and you cannot be really loud and then really soft Wait, right why afterwards. Is that I feel like Zoom is messing with me. I don't it's know. It's not, it's you. It's... it's because you're talking louder than normal. Okay. Okay, I'll be soft for you. But another announcement, and we did tweet this earlier. Uh we have a hard schedule that we're going to try to keep to. This show will be weekly with or without Cinder. Okay, I'm doing this weekly regardless, unless there's we unforeseen... Have a hard schedule that we're going to try to <laughs> Just shut your mouth and listen, all right? Perfect. You this should go into politics. I think you've got what it takes. No, no, I have too many skeletons in my closet to be a politician at this point, I think, which we can get to later. Um, uh, oh, so, yeah, the schedule itself, every Tuesday... 2 a.m. Pacific Standard, 11 a.m. CEST. That is when it will be broadcast live on twitch.tv slash sunsfantv. Of course, later that day, it will be available on all the podcast stations, on YouTube. Um, yeah, so that is every Tuesday. You can look forward to hearing from two jackasses. And yeah. Okay. Does that sound good, Cinderin? Yeah, I'll take it. I, that's a... That's an okay insult. It's used way too little nowadays, actually. Jackass? I agree. It's because a show called Jackass got really popular and just kind of lost its meaning, you know? Yeah, I suppose. It's just like when it comes to Dota, people are so uncreative. You know, I can appreciate a creative flame or like a well-thought-through insult. How is it's Jackass, way more fun than somebody. How is that? You, uh, Jackass It's is... not like... No, it's not very well-thought-through. It's just it's different from the norm, you know? Like everybody just says the same thing. Oh, blah, 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 you're a blah, blah, blah. That's not... Throw profanity. I've never heard anybody say you're a blah blah blah. That's interesting. Huh. Okay, okay, very stupid. Uh, so before we talk about game related stuff, Cinder, and I have a bit of a, and this is going to be a recurring thing, and I would, it's it's called a rant. Okay, occasionally if I'm feeling very passionate about a subject, I will rant about it, 
And I encourage you to make your own rants as well, Cinder, although I cannot see that because you're a very agreeable person. Oh, I can definitely have things I can rant about. Really? <clears throat> Such as my voice. Yep, go on. I don't know what that means, but anywho, I would like to rant about people spoiling stuff on Twitter and social media because it really grinds my gears. Now, before I get into the actual rant, this is... Like, first of all, I don't care about uh, the Avengers because I didn't watch. I watched the first two and they were like the worst movies ever. So I know people are going to flame me for that. I really hate that series. But Game of Thrones is amazing. There's like no denying that. If you don't like Game of Thrones, something's wrong with you, right? And it's become a ritual every Sunday that I just don't open up Twitter from the time it starts till whenever I've watched it. All social media is gone. Why is that? Why is that a thing? Why do I need to do that? Why do people with a lot of followers, need to tweet spoilers? That is the question, and that is what really grinds my gears. So I, I boiled this down to a couple categories, Senator. I want, to, I want you to know if you agree with me. Okay. There's a few types of people, a few types of people that would do this. Okay. The first are the sadistic types, okay? They're, they enjoy spoiling things for people. You, you get this huge investment in... This is why I don't like the sports analogy that people bring up. Like, oh, I can tweet about live basketball. Like, I, it's not the same. This, you're, you're investing all this time into, and there's so many different variables in a show than a win-loss versus a sport, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two types of sadistic people. There's the very young people that are just too immature to understand. It's just fun for them, which, let's be honest, that's a lot of people. And then there's the second person who's just a literal psychopath. They have no regard for anybody, anybody's <laughs> feelings. And believe it or not, there's a lot of psychopaths in the world. Let's, let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, they just enjoy people's pain. Okay? Now, the okay. second type of person is the type of person that Haven't justifies... the type of person three times already? No, no, no. I'm confused now. The first what type of person about? is sadistic, but there's two categories okay, so to the sadistic. we're talking about the psychopath now. Yes. No, no. Which category were the kids? For God's sake, just listen, Cinderin. All right. I'll go over it there again. We go. That's how I want to hear my rants. There's, That's two the voice I'm <laughs> there's two types of people. Okay. One is sadistic. Of the sadistic people, there's two categories. Okay. Oh, there's the okay. immature and the young. And then there's the people that are just actual pieces of shit. Okay. That's, that's number okay. one. Number two. But they two, can't overlap. They probably, sure. They c- of course, okay. there's young people that are pieces of shit too. <laughs> Can I take all the boxes <laughs> for your bingo? All right. The second type of person. Yes. You've made me lose my train of thought here is the okay. The, this type of person kind of bothers me more because the sadistic people, they usually get to being sadistic by being born that way because something's fucked up or like nurture, like you know, the nature versus nurture where you're just born that way, or you know, some bad things happen, you just turn into a real piece of shit. But the people that and this is the second type of person we're getting to that justifies spoiling it, somehow has justified it in a way that makes sense to them and they still tweet out spoilers. <clears throat> I don't I don't understand it and I will never understand it. Now if you're somebody with 10 followers and you're just doing it with friends, that's different. If you're somebody with like here's an example, I'm not going to bring up a name although you can probably <laughs> decipher it. Somebody that typically releases esports news <laughs> or any news in general to the wide public literally tweeting spoilers to 100,000 plus people. How is that okay? And it's within an hour of the show. That's fucked up. That's really stupid and I hate it. That's my rant of the week. What did you what are your opinions on that, Sindarin? 
Mm, I'm just trying to understand what the motivation is more than anything, honestly. Like, I'm not taking their side. I'm just trying to think, what can you, what kind of mindset do you have when you tweet out this stuff? Like, it's going to grow my following. Oh, I'm super excited about this thing I just saw. And when people interact with it, it's going to, you know, it's just fun because <clears throat> I think one of the driving forces behind tweet people tweeting spoilers is that it's kind of like when you tweet live sports or live esports, you know, not because of the content, but because of the interact, the amount of interaction you get per time, right? This is something that's everybody is super hyped about right then. And you're assuming a lot of people have watched it live. And you're assuming that the people that haven't watched it are just going to stay off social media, which we can discuss if that's a good or a bad thing that that's the assumption, but it probably is. And they're just excited and want to share it with a lot of people. And if you look at it and you check out these tweets that are spoiling, they have shitloads of interaction almost always because yep. it's something where you can be sure when I tweet about this in the hot moment, there will be a lot of interaction on it. So, you know, unfortunately, for every, for every one, it's a good strategy. But. For every one interaction you get, I guarantee there's 10 people are super pissed about it. That's my theory. Because you can't de-like something. There's no negative like. Well, you can... You can respond and say, you piece of shit, and there should yes. be like 200 responses saying that, but there generally isn't that many? So, I don't know. Here's the thing, though. You're having a private conversation, basically, with just publicly. You know what I mean? You should be having these conversations. Like, I've seen a lot of people tweeting at each other, like, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Private message them on fucking Discord or Skype or the phone. <laughs> text them. Why do you need to use Twitter? That makes no sense. So stupid. Yeah, I mean, the, I, think, I think the biggest question here is who the burden is on <clears throat> to be honest if if you should justify is it like the burden is on the people who don't want to get spoiled or the burden is on the people that have already watched the show like should how long can you not talk about it for then? that's a good question like, you don't want to spoil people like when are you allowed to talk about the episode publicly is it one day one week five hours uh like when can you assume everybody has watched it because like there are plenty of people now, if you start tweeting about Game of Thrones episode from last week, that they are going to be like, I haven't seen it yet. You just spoiled me. Like, what are you going to do? Like, how long? Where's the, when is the grace period over? You know? Yeah, that I don't know. Call it. Like, if you're, if you're posting because a spoiler. Because that's the problem, right? That is the problem. If you're the person tweeting and you're excited about it and you want to tweet about it, when do you feel like you can do it? Because there's no consensus so, on that. So okay, then you I, can just be like, you know I what? Agree. It's people's own responsibility. If they don't want to get spoiled, watch the show first and then go on social media because else I can never talk about it. Right. Right. So no, that's, like, that is a good argument. I, yeah, I agree with that sentiment. And I think like th the problem with that is that doesn't really enter their minds because they're doing it 10 minutes after the episode. That's, I feel like that's just a completely different story, you know? I mean, that's okay. But when, and if when you're you tweeting it, something and you preface it with, this is a spoiler, that's fine. You can sure, always do that. That's a different story. I could definitely like, agree totally with that. Fine. I think that's the bare minimum. Like, if you do want to tweet about a show, preface it with a spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, or whatever, so people have to, like, you know, get through that first or whatever. Right. You could even do a tweet that has spoiler alert, Game of Thrones, most recent episode, and then it's a link to a different page. So it doesn't even, it's not even in the tweet. People who want the spoiler can actively go and see what you think. Yeah. That is a great way of going about it. And I think it's good. Honestly... I think the perfect solution is one where people that are super excited about it can social media about it so they can have a conversation with all the their following and whatever just without spoiling it for everybody else. And that's the perfect way of doing it, right? Yep. Then I think I it's agree. great that they tweet about it two minutes after because you're hyped, you know? You want to talk to people about it. That's probably the best way to do it. Agreed. All right. 
Let's move on to games, my Great friend. Great rant. All right, let's go. I'm going to have a lot of those in the future. I'm a very negative person. As you <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole list of shit that I want to rant about, and I can't wait to get to them. But we'll, we'll limit it to one minute, or I don't know if next week we'll have it, but we'll try to spread it out. Uh, so Dota 2. I think it's great to have one rant per week. I'm sure you could do that for a while. Yeah, but that's feeding my negativity. I'm trying to become, believe it or not, a more positive person, and it's difficult when I get reminded. Going great so far. Like I'm if we, impressed. if I, I could actually. And this is not a joke. I could talk shit about pickup trucks for an entire episode. I <laughs> cannot tell you how much I okay. despise pickup trucks. That's just a random right. example. Okay. Then you we'll definitely <laughs> have you have footage for the whole year already. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll just I'll That'll just split that up content. into ten episodes of the same subject. All right, Dota two, uh, Nip. Beat Ehome three to two in the Dota Pit Minor, so they will be going. Are we allowed to... to talk about that yet, or is that a spoiler? <laughs> it's implied that we'll be talking about esports-related things. It's not a Game of Thrones okay. uh, episode, okay. right? Sure. So talk about that because I I didn't get to watch much. Um. Well, basically, I think those two were two of the favorite teams to go far, so it wasn't very surprising. The finals was really really close. I think the fifth game went like seventy minutes. Um. And yeah, they were alternating who won the games, basically. Um, my biggest gripe with that tournament, I think it was good that NIP won, to be honest. I think they were probably the best team. It was them or Ehome. It wasn't like a fluke that those teams made the finals. It looked like they were both, honestly, toward the end, clearly better than Alliance, who got third. Um, but that tournament, if I can rant about something this time, <laughs> the group stage of that yes, tournament please. was the worst format I think I've ever seen in Dota. That's like, what I heard people say. Tell me about it. Okay, I'll give you a quick rundown of how this tournament worked. So there were two. Wait, groups hold on. Of four, Before right? you get started, you need to when um, you rant about something, you need to get aggressive with your talking. You can't um, just talk about it normally. Okay. I mean, I'm you know me. I'm a pretty calm person. So this is my ranting voice. Disappointing. I am really angry right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so. Basically, the group stage format was two groups of four, right? It's eight teams. And they play each other in best of threes in, I think it was GSL format. And so they played these best of three GSLs over a couple of days that are literally only for seeding into upper bracket. So two four-team groups generated seeding. Everybody started upper bracket. And that means in that group stage, some teams were trying really hard to win for kind of very little reason and others were just like fuck it like nip picked a different he different heroes every game more or less mm. and treated it completely like scrims so from an entertainment perspective i mean you could basically consider it so many show matches instead of matches that actually progress the tournament because in the end they're going to go into the same bracket anyway now that's one thing if you want to do a lot of show matches like that that's fine but if it results in you having the first four rounds of lower bracket be best of ones because of that that's real bad mm. Like Dota is a best of three game, at least, and best of five for finals is great, of course. But like that decision to me, if you if you logistically can't have the let's say you can't have the stage for long enough or whatever, then use those best of threes to place some teams in the lower bracket so they have a purpose. And then you're gonna have less games on the main stage, and then maybe you can make best of threes earlier in the lower bracket or even from round one. Uh I don't know what the point of this like tournament structure was i just i just didn't understand it like i this group stage had i think decent viewership but it was just it was just pointless you know like mm. imagine you had that in sports right like you just had what what analogy could you draw i can come like, up say with an in the analogy. nfl in the nfl right in the yeah. nfl everybody plays each other once to find out who has home field advantage 
and then mm-hmm. they all play again. Like that's the kind of thing it would be, which would even be a bigger advantage, I guess, than what happened here. So, are you ever okay, okay with best of ones in playoff format? We've uh, seen a I lot of it, like necess- in the lower bracket or something like that, right? That's very common. Yeah, I think they're a necessary evil sometimes. Um, my favorite best of one format is round robin because if you have enough teams that play best of ones, they start being representative. Like if you have, I think there was a TI where it had sixteen teams all play each other once in round robin and then it was best of ones and i think at that point it starts becoming more significant because dota has some variants like all games do uh and i think that's why best of ones can be a bit dangerous there's the variants of the game itself and then there's like strategy is the better team winning when you play one game because what if you have one trick pony that has one strategy and that can just get banned out you know all these arguments um so many team round robins i don't have a problem with it uh they are generally used for seeding. I think did TI have it one year with best of ones, and then top eight were winner bracket, top eight uh, bottom eight loser bracket or something. I think so, maybe something like that. TI uh, four and of course, might have been something like that. Yeah, they had the bubble race too, and then all uh, all TIs I think have had first round lower bracket be best of ones, which yeah. is a logistics thing for as far as I know, uh, because if adding if turning that those best of ones into best of threes add an entire extra event day. Um, it's debatable when it's round one of the lower brackets. Like what it's do you the think... weakest teams, arguably. I personally would love if everything was best of three in that right. big of a tournament. I know that the everybody is the, yeah. you know, the championships. So Okay. So the NFL and NCAA basketball from like March Madness as we call it, you have these long seasons, right? And then yeah. the playoffs are all best of one, which makes it like mega hype get way more viewership can anything like that ever be done for dota do you think uh see i like my favorite sport to compare to is tennis because i understand that better than basketball for example i never really watched much basketball and i just think i just think sports are inherently different from esports just because of the playing field itself like basketball doesn't really have variance in the same way as dota does or Tennis doesn't have variants in the same way that Dota does. That's my argument. And also, um, the games are different. Basketball isn't a snowball-y game where you do great in the early game and then you can't lose anymore almost, you know? Like, if the te- you're a best of one in a game that has a certain duration like that has plenty of opportunity for teams to come back or change their strategy or take timeouts and figure out what to do, right? And you just... Mm-hmm. Dota doesn't have that. Um that's also, like, again, if you compare it to something like tennis, if you have a world's best player playing against the 20th seed, the world's best player will usually win, but sometimes they will lose. But they played across an entire game, and there was no, like... I guess what I'm trying to say is the the variance is way lower, and the only type... Like, the thing I'm thinking with variance in tennis, for example, is what's the weather? <clears throat> That's the variance. Like, if it's raining and they have rain delay, so they can't play, tennis does is that like... affect one player more than the other? Tennis something. is like a That's mini like best of five weird. within one match, right? So in in a sense, yes. Tennis is diff- it, Tennis is special because it doesn't have a time limit, I guess, compared to like basketball or football or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I just I just think the way that those sports work is way more appealing for best of one. Like I don't think uh, I don't think there is the same the same problems. If that makes sense, I don't know if I explained it well, but. It mainly comes down to the variance and the strategical depth and how it goes with how the games are that you get to change your course during the game and and whatnot. Um, Like, imagine if basketball had runes. 
That would be amazing. <laughs> LeBron Somebody James with a double damage. Mm. Tasty. Double range rune. Yeah, that'd be yeah. legit. Accuracy okay. rune. I mean, th- th- uh, that's that's what it is, right? There there are luck factors and different things that happen and all of the strategical stuff. And sports just are different from that. And that doesn't mean we should strive to do it like them. I think that's part of the problem with the argumentation, like when you compare the two, that a lot of the time people are just like, well, sports has done this for 100 years, so why don't we just copy it? Because it's not the same thing. That could be a segment in itself. I love talking about the comparisons between esports and traditional sports and how... We could do that. In fact, I'm going to write that down here so that I remember to talk about it next time. Esports versus sports. Because that's a very interesting topic that I like to talk about. Anyway, TI9. That's for me to... I'm going to bold it as well so that I remember. (laughs) Okay. TI9 announced August 20th. I'll underline it for you while you talk. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, TI9, August 20th to 25th. Obviously, we know it's going to be in China. What are your thoughts on... Because we never talked about this publicly, Mm -hmm. at least. Your thoughts on... TI being in China for the first time. Um, honestly, it's one of those things where I just don't know. Like uh, last time, it was in Canada for the first time. People weren't talking about that nearly as much than it being in China, just because it's the same continent as the U.S., right? Um, but it's also super close to Seattle. That's why you literally just true. take a ferry. Logistically, right? logistically, it was easy. The people that could usually go to TI could go to it again because, you know, it's close by. It's not that big of a difference. And now it's a totally different playing field for fans. Like More people way could more go. More Chinese fans. Uh, what's that? You, more people could go to the Canada one because you're not as likely to be banned from Canada as you are uh, in America these mm. days, you know? I actually don't remember at the time. I think in some for some countries, it was actually harder to get a Canada visa really? than the U.S. one. Yeah, mm. I don't know about tourism. Maybe tourism is super easy or whatever. But well, anyway, um, yeah. basically, so having it in China, I think, is a great opportunity in some ways, but it also has maybe some problems connected with it. So first of all, obviously, the community, the Western community has a history of hating on Chinese events because of past failures, like the Shanghai Major. It's, that's one thing that people are probably concerned about. Will the production value be good? Will the signal be stable? Can we actually watch the games properly or will there be mess-ups? Um, that's one thing. Uh, and then the other one is obviously, you know, there you kind of take something away from some people and give it to someone else. They have had this TI in America for many years and now you moved it for a year. And obviously, hardcore fans that love going there are going to be upset or disappointed because, man, I've loved going to TI. Why does it have to be in China? From a business perspective, it's probably a really strong move because China is really on the way up. And uh, I personally think if you are to host TI in a different country than the U.S., China is probably the biggest one. Like Dota is huge. You'd host it in uh, China or in Russia Dota or has, in Ukraine. I feel like um, it might be the opposite. Actually, I think China is on the up in general, but Dota in China is not. It's actually struggled quite a bit. Mm, sure. I'm. You can. You could say it's doing worse than it used to, but China's still the biggest country in Dota, right? Yeah. It has the most players. So there's a huge market still for them, even if it's on decline. It's still the strongest market Dota has. Uh, so hosting it there and making... Oh, it makes sense. It's, it's also a huge sure. promo event. For, even if, like, whether it's on the way up or down, putting it in China is a good move strategically just because it could re revitalize the game a bit in china is if that's a thing like a lot of people that are maybe doing other stuff wow ti's in shanghai you know wow okay i gotta you know mm-hmm. check that out maybe that's a good pr move if it was on the way up it's another way of just you know keeping the growth going so it's just like a good argument for it i think honestly just having ti there will be 
I am very optimistic. I generally am. I think it's going to be great uh, as long as the production is up to par. I think that's the biggest concern that people have is... I think there's no way there's no way it's going to fail in that regard. I would be shocked. Because there's been problems in the past with China and Twitch and stuff, but I think it's been improved a lot. This is TI. I don't think Valve's going to fuck around on this one. You know, I think the I agree. Business wise, this is a really good move for for Valve going like Mm -hmm. giving some love to China, if you will. I think the biggest thing that you didn't quite touch on is the time difference. Where you you talked about how people going to the venue itself would be angry. That's like the hardcore people. I think mm-hmm. most people that have watched TI in other time zones will not watch it live. Like, how many people are going to stay? Like, I don't know what, I actually don't know what time China games would start for you. But for us, it would be like at 10, 11 p.m. So this is, and that's Pacific Standard. That's like 2 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. People will not be watching TI live, a lot of them. Like, probably 90% of the people that have in the past. What time yeah, is it so for, the, for so you I think, then? I think Shanghai is, hang on, let me just look this up. I think it's plus, is it plus eight from me? If it's at like 10 p.m. for me, it would be at like uh, 7 a.m. for you, I want to say. Okay. Oh, it's only a six-hour difference, actually, to Shanghai for me. Okay. So if the game started, let's say they start at 12, uh, they start at noon in China, then they would start at 6 a.m. So that mm-hmm. means all of the evening games will be noon for Europe, for the entirety of Europe. Um yeah. So but yeah, the American viewership is definitely going to tank here. But then yeah. again, the Chinese viewership will be way bigger because mm-hmm. last TI, right? Somebody has to suffer from this. this is, you can't have everybody watch it at prime time. So and I'm interested then, to see what the numbers are going to be because yeah, American viewers are probably on on the low end of what typically watches Dota, right? Because we're talking about SEA, China, uh, and general Europe area. Just like Russia, all these big countries can actually watch it at a decent time because you guys had to watch it at a pretty shitty time before. Like you've been invited to every TI, so you don't know this, Cinder, but mm. it's a really shitty time for you guys typically, right? Uh the early games would be good. The right? early games the early are fine. Games. Yeah. But the evening games would be past bedtime, right? If it's six PM Western is three AM Central Europe. That's a nine hour difference. So um but yeah, I honestly think the overall viewership on TI this year will probably be bigger just because it's way better for China and China has a way stronger viewership than NA. But mm-hmm. the numbers on Twitch might look worse because the Chinese don't watch Twitch. So, right. um, And then it's about like, who are you marketing for, right? The Chinese will be super happy, undoubtedly. Especially like if it's a good production and the event is run well, they're going to be Not very if they happy lose. to have been very proud. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's a different story entirely. Um, and... If the if the trade off is, then it like how much does the Twitch reception matter for the game itself? Like, is it a big failure if the game has let's say ten or twenty percent less viewership on Twitch than it usually does, uh, compared to being massive in China? Is that worth tanking? Probably. Uh, I'm just pulling this number out of my ass. By the way, I don't know. No, how I much it's I agree. Hurt. I think that's very safe uh, but, to say, actually. Yeah. Um, and then, like, because then it's about how how are people going to talk about it? Will people consider it a failure because there was slightly less viewership on Twitch? Um, or will they consider it a success because there was bigger viewership overall? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the media that cover the game, I think the biggest, one of the biggest sales points that Valve have focused on a lot with TI is that the prize pool needs to be the biggest in esports history, right? Like, that is the PR move of the, of the tournament is that it's the biggest and the best 
Do you think this is um, the year? And I don't think that's going to change. I think having TI in China will boost the price pool even higher, honestly. So mm -hmm. The Chinese are buying big time in Dota. I, I would love theory. to see the numbers. Obviously, they don't release that, but I, I bet the numbers for who contributes to the prize pool of TI is so overwhelmingly Chinese compared to any other country that it's not even funny. I, I like, have a random so theory, Cinderin. I have zero uh -huh. inside knowledge on this, but okay. I think that TI will have... It'll come back to Seattle for TI-10, mm -hmm. and I think that's the last TI. Oh, that's a... I, I think they're done with TI after that. I just have a feeling. Why do you think so? I. But why? Because then it's so, time for Artifact to take over. Or? I know that, like this is from past experience. Right, I know that laugh. Okay. I know sorry. that Val. <laughs> we'll talk about Artifact in a moment. Don't worry. You can laugh all you want. I know Valve employees don't like working at on TI because it's a lot of work, and there are people that aren't even involved in Dota that are forced to kind of work there. So I know that. Uh, and that's not everyone, right? No, it's not everyone. Surely but some I, I think, people enjoy working. I think there. there's a shelf life on this tournament because. In a certain sense, it does dictate the rest of the year. But at the same time, I think it's actually, we can argue this on another podcast. I think it actually hurts a lot of tournaments as well because there's such a discrepancy between TI and everything else. TI um, is very big compared to everything else. Absolutely. So I uh, think things will dramatically, like I think if you have TI9, for example, like let's say Valve wants to end TI, mm -hmm. which again, this is just pulling this out of my ass. It's just a feeling. But uh -huh. if they're going to end it, it's going to be TI10, right? It's a round number. Probably be back in Seattle for one last uh, shebang, and then they change the system to be something where we have five majors that are much bigger, but just spread out more evenly. I don't know. I have no clue. That That's just that is true. That that could be a very interesting way of doing Dota is to remove that like insanely big tournament and just spread the amount that it's worth across the year, which I think is way healthier for the game overall. It is, yeah. In terms of the question. pros and our ecosystem. For the fans, I don't know if it's much better or not. Uh, I think having the biggest tournament is a really big driving force behind Dota's success. Um, so that's, I, I don't know. Like, as a competitor, I would love for the wealth to be spread more evenly across the year. I think the fact that one tournament is worth as much as the rest of the year combined is kind of crazy. And I don't know if there's like any, anything you can compare that to in any other game or sport where there's one thing that is worth that much compared to everything else. All right, so um, I'm going to write this down, bolding and underline. Yeah. Is TI killing Dota? Okay, well, that's another conversation <laughs> for another time. <laughs> uh, no, okay. what was I, I going to say? Um, Please finish your thoughts. We oh, need yeah. to move on. Yeah, so you were saying that Valve are losing interest in working on it or whatever, or that people don't want to do it. I mean, I don't I know that for TI, sure. But, yeah, yeah it's, even if it's just speculation, you know, you could... TI itself is such a strong brand that people will love to jump on the opportunity to work on it. So if it were the problem that they don't personally want to do it, they could outsource it. And they will easily find people that would love to I'm do it. I actually question why they haven't done that before. Yeah. Like you could easily find contractors that would organize the whole thing from the bottom up. Like everything. See, I feel like if and you're then the doing only that, thing that would be the not... problem is the stuff you put in the game, right? If you have let's say work up workshop or whatever that Valve Valve's own artists don't want to work on this, which I would find a bit weird because it's probably extremely profitable for them to make those items in the game the ones that are, valve put in the immortals but if they didn't want to do that either they could also outsource that to workshop artists and they would be all over that because of the of amount of money that would be so there's like dota's just so strong that of a, of a game that you could just do that if that was I mean, a concern if they want to revitalize the workshop itself 
they could just go to the oh, five we, major system and have absolutely like yes. they they can That's, go hands we off should talk Dota about that too. All right, put that down as another. Is Workshop uh, dead? Is, is Workshop gonna... <laughs> <laughs> is Workshop dead or completely dead? <laughs> is it is the Workshop okay. dead or artifact? Oh. Oh, let's go. Speaking artifacts. of which, okay. let's go to artifact. Okay, I have so many bullet points for this. I'm excited. <sighs> yeah, well, it's it's more just to remind me of what to type. First of all, I I want to say this was so when we posted the um the podcast on Reddit, there was some reaction. I, I will say now that it's a vast minority of people that are like this, but I just found it very interesting. Go ahead, you were gonna say something. It was overwhelmingly positive and yeah. became really like a big deal. I don't know. I was a bit surprised of how much people interacted with it and cared about that. I thought, you know, a lot of people are probably going to like it, but I didn't expect it to blow up as much as it did. So that was super cool for me. To I agree. See. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But was there great. was some negative comments, which I don't usually like to get into. I usually just like, you know me, I have a thick skin. I am yeah, because I, I have a thick body now. But um, yes. but also it's just it's, it's not usually worth it because like if you run a YouTube channel, you just ignore all the the negative comments anyway. You just get used to it. But it's just the perception that some people have that I'm crawling my way back to Dota, that I tried <laughs> to sell out for Artifact. I just have some issues, and this is my own ego taking over just for a moment. Number one, I didn't. I never said that I was quitting Dota. I said I'm taking a break from Dota. Completely different. Mm -hmm. is, is it not okay for me to play other games, <laughs> even if it's like literally directly involved with or directly related with Dota? And number three... I feel like I put in my time on this entire game in this community to, you know, yeah. get the benefit of that, I which mean, I have gotten the benefit. I'm not saying I haven't. So, you know, I honestly think it's it's pretty simple when it comes to. This. I don't know when it started, but in Dota, Dota has one of the most elitist communities out of any game, and yeah. I don't know why. But if personalities or pros or whatever do something else with a different game, there will be a minority that will just butcher them for it. Wow, you are betraying your game. That's that's what it is. Remember when Toby cast a CS:GO <clears throat> tournament? How much he got mocked for that? Like it's another Valve game. It's another huge esport. Of course, it's a great move for him to try to cast that if he loves the game and he gets an opportunity. I mean, why not? It's not like Dota doesn't suffer because he casts a different tournament. Like we have right. other casters, or he's not doing one event. So what? Like it, he is also a person who is interested in his career and opportunities and whatever. Same with you. Like, Artifact, this is a great opportunity. You love the game. Why not follow your passion? It sucks that it didn't go too well so far, but like, I just I just don't get the mentality of all this elitism. And we always have to compare ourselves to League of Legends and say why we're better than League of Legends. And if somebody, God forbid, comes and says, I like League of Legends more, they're just a shit human being. Like, it's not just that they're, right. their taste is wrong. <laughs> we, hate, we have to hate them. Well, here's the thing that you doesn't make reminds sense. Me of, this reminds what? me of um in music right if you were let's say you were in your teens when justin bieber blew up this is not my own personal experience okay but just if you were in your teens if you were a 15 year old guy and you actually liked justin bieber's music you couldn't say it <laughs> it's know? nickelback it's just like nickelback there's just no way I, I think nickelback was softer like if you like this if you like this thing and you're this kind of person in this age group it's just it's unacceptable for no reason. Right. Why would you even care? Like, who cares? But people really care about this stuff for some reason. It's it's mind-boggling to me. It's always it's been. It's weird like, because, who, who like, like shit, I said, you know? like but. I played Dota, the original Dota, for five years, Han for two, 
And now how many years has Dota 2 been out? Seven, eight years? That's like 15 years of Dota, like essentially. But like Mm -hmm. it was the same kind of thing with the toxic uh, attitude towards Han people. When people from Han were coming to Dota 2, myself included, even though I played Dota for half a decade before that, and like all these ideas being thrown around, oh, this should be added, this should be added, just getting shit on, shit on, shit on. Guess what? Most of that shit's in the game now. And everybody's fine with it. <laughs> like, you move <laughs> on. Know. You can get ideas it's, from other games. That's that's another that's true. another topic it we can talk true. about as well. Anyway, people are very. But the, I think that goes across stuff though in a lot of ways that people are very resistant to change. But Dota is like exceptionally, uh, how to say, conservative in a way. I thought um, of a new topic. With, with okay. Is oh, shit. what is the most toxic game? <laughs> You'd be surprised. I think. Not to spoil this topic for another time, but if you're just playing the game, I actually think Counter-Strike is more toxic than Dota. Far I more could toxic. totally see that. It's really bad. Really bad. Anyway, on to Artifact. Uh, I just wanted to talk I've about also, kind of I've the... Heard, sorry, sorry, just quickly about Please. Counter-Strike. I think it's the most toxic game because I saw on the news that it makes people aggressive. <laughs> yes, that everything you see on the news is correct. Uh, yes. So I want to talk a bit about the kind of the lifetime of Artifact, even though I personally don't think it's completely dead yet. It is definitely dormant at the moment because uh, there's some misconceptions about how what happened in the beta, right? The beta was a very long period. I was in the beta February of last year. You were in the beta a couple months later, I want to say. Uh, it wasn't like that much later. A couple months later, probably. After TI. Okay, that was much later. So I think. Yes, so I had been playing, I so. and I think I was in the, like a couple of weeks before I got yeah. in was when a couple Wait, of people got in. Wait, am I thinking back two years? Whatever. Okay, go on. I don't know. doesn't matter. Either way, the beta was a very long period. Uh and even though people don't think this is because a lot of people have been shitting on the people that were involved in the beta and i think that's unwarranted because uh, again me and pretty much everybody that played had uh complained about things like cheating death like axe being too powerful things like gust like i was yeah. a big proponent of gust just being way too op and some people actually disagree with me eat it they nerfed it so these things were brought to the attention of the team and just nothing like over that nine, 10, 11 month period, whatever it was, almost nothing changed about the game. I don't think a single card got nerfed that I remember until the game got released. Maybe Cheating death those... got nerfed oh, true. from Cheating three mana to five. And yeah. which wasn't the issue. The issue is just the card itself. Uh, yeah, the concept and is... Golden Ticket was not a uh, seven gold, and it nerfed it to nine. Those are the two uh-huh. main changes, and then some rarity changes and whatnot. But they'd come out with like new features every now and then, and we'd, you know, test them out and whatnot. But the one thing, yeah. again, nothing else changed during this entire period. But the one thing that people don't realize is we never tested monetization. We had no idea what it was going to be. They kind of just yeah. released it, and that was like the yeah, big, I think, right? biggest complaint. We had all cards. We had all. Uh, yeah. Well, we didn't have all the gameplay modes. When we were in the beta, there was only versus mode, right? We could just right. challenge each other or play against bots. That was the only thing. There was well, no then like, they gauntlet. Had... There was no. no... They, they eventually put gauntlet in. Yeah, I play gauntlet a in lot. The... Oh, that was the very end of the beta. They put gauntlet no, in, no, no, I think. no, 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 no. Gauntlet was a very long time. They had different. Maybe I should just stop. Played... I should just stop talking about this. You know this way better. <laughs> very, very. Sorry, wrong. sir. Sorry, no, that's fine. very wrong. Apparently. No, that's fine. I... 
yeah, we, we tested a bunch of stuff, but again, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about that. So what happened with the game itself? They released it, uh, and the community had a ton of complaints. A lot of them were justified, uh, such as the... Well, this one, <laughs> like I say, they're all justified, and the first one I list is not. The perceived <laughs> RNG by the community, which we can talk about it briefly if you want, but mm-hmm. card games will have RNG. That's just how yes. it is. Of the popular card games, if you include Artifact into that, I know it's not popular right now, it is has the least RNG. It is the most control RNG. That's just, that's not even an opinion. That's just, I, I don't think you can argue against that. That's just the which Which games simple. are we comparing to here? Like Hearthstone, Gwent. Oh, I guess I can't technically speak You think it has Gwent. less RNG than Gwent? No, I actually have no idea about Gwent. I just made that. I don't think so. Generally speaking, but, card games, yeah, it's going to have still, less RNG. But it's still... Yes, it's very skill. It's a very skill-based game. I think that's yes. fine. People are saying it's pure luck, which is completely wrong. So, right. Yeah. And I also think um, that a lot of people just didn't want the game to succeed, which creates kind of a toxic atmosphere as well. Like Reddit was a shit show, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. Uh, a lot of people negatively review bombed it. Um, which again, a lot of if it's based on the monetization model being something you didn't like or whatever that's very justified but i'm just saying and i'm not saying this is like a bad thing that happened right or not justified and necessarily it's just what happened it's just what happened and it contributed to the quote-unquote death of artifact as it is right now uh, and then of course the big thing people just it lacked an achievement system of any kind a progression uh, system right like right where it felt sure and this makes me think like if they released it as an earlier release game. I don't know if they get that many complaints about it. It's like, oh, it's just in beta or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Valve felt very confident that, you know, these features just aren't... Like, that's the thing that I can't... Uh, what's the best way to put this? I'm definitely in a minority because things like that don't... Like, achievement system don't matter to me. I don't care about okay. them. I don't, I don't like grinding. Like, the idea of grinding... That's why I never play MMOs. Mm-hmm. It's just miserable for me. Uh, just okay. general RPGs, actually. But I understand so that most people you, are, they do like that. So have you ever played, when you played, when you play CSGO, do you care yeah. about your medal at all? Like, mm. not at all. You don't care. Well, I care in a sense you that, you know. Because that's know, a progression system. That's your rank. Right. right? The, I feel to like me, the rank that is, is a huge part of gameplay. Achievements sure. and gaining rank and feeling like you're progressing and getting better is massively important to me. That is a huge part of replayability and why I will keep playing a game is that I feel like, wow, I can see I'm getting better or I'm closing in on the best players or something. It's a motivating factor. Um, that's also, if you want to pull the MMO example up, I have a hard time uh, joining already existing servers because I feel like I'm just starting at a massive deficit mm-hmm. and I need to play catch up the whole time, which isn't a good, like, it's a bit of a different way, but it's again, my competitive nature speaking that i feel like it sucks that i'm so far behind like i want even playing field with everyone else so i i would say um, i so. generally don't care about it. i think cs is just a it's an anomaly for me because like i it used mm-hmm. to be my life because you're passionate used, about the game yeah well not anymore so you never cared about your dota mmr no i well i care about my dota mmr in a part in the sense that it makes me look better as a personality that my mmr is higher other than that i don't give a shit okay honestly. well then you have a motivating factor i guess Yes, for other I people, so. yeah, whatever whatever it is. I honestly, so again, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know way more about Artifact than I do. In the beta and after the game was released, there was no MMR, right? They Hidden never MMR. introduced. They never introduced a ranking list except your, what is it, your 
deck skill thingy where you increase until is it level 75 <laughs> that's the max or whatever with some sort of what there's is it two, they, they introduced there's two things now but this was after release okay. after people complained so that yeah. they're like trying to pour like a jug of water on a huge bonfire right it's not going to do mm -hmm. much but you have the <clears throat> the skill rating system which felt more like grinding than it does skill for both draft and uh, gauntlet or draft and constructed goes up to 75. Like you said, um, it's actually very easy to level up until you like level, I think I'm 70, 70 or something like that. Then after okay. like the last five levels are pretty much impossible. I don't think anybody's actually gotten 75 yet. Um, and then the other one is just like leveling your account. So it's just, you play your three yeah. games a week and you get a bunch of levels and you get some free packs, stuff like that, which, you know, it's nice. I, again, it's, not a I motivating think factor. That for kind me. of stuff is very good and should be in the game. I think right. that's great. So replayability. Yeah, and so the obviously those are a lot of the reasons that Artifact did not do too great. Um, and then we get to Valve's last post. Of course, they kind of switched things up a couple months before that, where they. Ooh, I almost spoiled something. <laughs> um, they. Uh, what's the best way to put it? They kind of changed their strategy, right? They started coming. They wanted to come out with more updates, a little bit more regularly, actually balance things, which is a completely different chain, different uh, ideology that they had before. They mm -hmm. apparently fired Richard Garfield and his, his team, which I don't know how much of that factor they had on the actual game balance, but apparently they did. Well, I, I shouldn't say they... I, we don't know if they actually got fired. Their contract ended, right? Okay. Which I guess we don't know I don't know if sure. that was ever public. I haven't heard of this, I think. It was definitely Maybe public. Maybe it's common knowledge. Okay. Definitely public. Um... So then we th I, I thought, okay, they're just going to be coming out with some updates. I know, and this has been publicly talked about by other people that are, uh, I think it was Richard Garfield, maybe. The the other expansion, the expansion they were going to come out with is basically done. It's just sitting there. But oh. instead of coming out with that and kind of putting Band-Aids on this huge, I keep coming with these terrible analogies, a huge gash, uh, they mm -hmm. felt the need to just restructure it completely which I can understand. Obviously, I'm super disappointed by that decision, but I understand why they're doing it. Um, like things that they need mobile, uh, they need this expansion. It's just new content. Like for me, I just need a new content. I need new cards. I've been playing the same set for 9, 11, almost a year, over a year at this point. Yeah. Uh, so th th those are the things that were just needed. But I think they're going to be changing some crazy stuff. If... I mean, that's the question. Are they updating the game? What do you think? Slacks thinks it's dead. He said that publicly. I'm thinking if it's a better strategy to... This might sound ridiculous, okay? But you take the game, you take the concepts that were successful, that you really liked about it, and you launch it as a new title with a different name. Because there's so much negativity connected with the Artifact brand at this point that even if you make the game super good and you revamp, revamp it as Artifact, Tons of people will just be like, fuck Artifact. They won't even touch it because it's Artifact. But if you literally make the same packaging and you just call it something else, I, I, it might sound ridiculous, but I think it'll make a big difference. I feel like that it's is kind of ridiculous. Are people that shallow name, just because of the, the name? name just, the name is just, it's just cursed at this point almost, you know? Like, mm. like for me personally, it wouldn't make a difference. Like if, if they announced and they released more stuff and whatever, uh, that'd be great. But it's... I don't know. It's like it's like if your brand gets your personal brand gets hurt, right? If your if, or if a brand of whatever gets hurt, you can you can like re try to relaunch it in a different packaging <clears throat> or whatever. Um, I, I don't know if that's something they're thinking about. If they're just gonna 
try to make a different kind of game and launch it on both platforms or whatever what it's going to look it's it's just a damn it if you do damn it if you don't situation right because in a way right. it's going to make them look weak uh, but if they just keep it the way they are, it's maybe going to make them look stubborn. Like I don't know, I don't know the best strategies. I'm not an expert at all on this, but it's just the name right now is weak, and that sucks because honestly, the game had a lot of potential, and in my opinion, was really good. Um, but yeah, that's I don't know. I don't so I don't know what they should do, man. There's <laughs> I also I can't and I, I can't advise on this. There was also misconceptions that I forgot to list. Like there's so many things. And again, I'm not saying it's just the community's fault because it's not. But the idea that the game is more expensive than other card games, it's just so untrue. I think they they did the math. Of course, now it doesn't really matter because the cards are worth like nothing. But uh, it was something like, let's say the whole set was, I, I can't remember, sorry. It's like a few hundred dollars, which I know sounds expensive. But for a card game, it's if you compare it to other card games, it's just yeah. not. If you were to buy every card in Hearthstone. Right, and you can buy them directly. You don't need to like, do like i don't know the weird stuff that other card games do but mm -hmm. yeah it's just very sad i was so sad i made an artifact song cinder and did you listen to it i did i did it was great so people there. yes uh i was actually kind of disappointed with the views i'm not gonna lie i think it's because it's artifact it actually got really good reception um yeah if you guys search for what's it called the long haul dota cinema you can hear me sing for the first time ever publicly. I'm very self-conscious about my singing, by the way. I was, as I was in, made fun of. You think you're as, terrible, or you think you're good? No. What? Or you're okay. Self-conscious. Wait, what? How would you think you're good if you're self-conscious? Mm, doesn't self-conscious just mean that you are aware of where you stand? Like you, you know exactly how you would rate yourself. Isn't that what self-conscious is? Can't you no. be self-conscious about no, no, something no, no. you're good at? I know what you're saying. You're you're conscious of your ability. That's what you're trying. I don't know what the word is, but oh, self-conscious that, that means, means that you're self-conscious of the thing. Native speaker. This is the first time I'm correcting you, by the way. Holy <laughs> shit. It's usually <laughs> the other way around. You've surely yeah. done it. <laughs> self-conscious is like you're, uh, you're not confident, actually. You're very uncertain. Um, but... Yeah, I, I loved Artif I still love Artifact. I'm hoping that it has a revival at some point because it's like one of the most fun games I've ever played. Um, and I invested a lot, obviously, of time into it. And the reception from some people in the Artifact community was a little weird. Again, a small minority. I actually got a death threat because somebody was Wait, very what? angry that... No, not the song. I'm just talking about the game in general, like my involvement oh. in the game. They thought that I hyped it up so much that I killed the game. Or I, what was the reasoning? It was they, okay. the idea of me shilling. Like Slacks get this all the time as well. Like nobody got paid. <laughs> like I understand that some people wanted to get into it because it looks like the next big thing. And of course, there's some degree of that for me and Slacks and everybody else. Mm -hmm. But. I mean, I don't know how you can argue that we genuinely like the game. Like, still talking about it, and it's been dead for months now, essentially, right? So. Okay, I just have to say, you know me. Did you get really low all of a sudden? I'm a. I don't think so. Okay. I'm a. You know, I like language, so even though I trust you on a lot of things, language is not one of them. So I had to look it up. Yes. Self-conscious. Yes. Okay, are you ready? There are two definitions here. <laughs> Number one, 
conscious of one's own acts or states as belonging to or originating in oneself, aware of oneself as an individual, intensely aware of oneself, or produced or done with such awareness. The other meaning is uncomfortably conscious of oneself as an object of the observation of others, ill at ease. So it does mean both, right? Or am I misinterpreting this? It sounds it like it means literally, both. You're literally conscious of yourself as an individual, which I guess, or is that just as you being a person? Is this like some philosophical I, stuff or what? All right. I'm going to assume that you're correct, that both meanings. Uh, here's the thing, though. I, I can tell you, you from experience. The one you are using is the way more common one. Yes. That's what Not how by, people use like, the I've word. I've never heard anyone use it the other way. It doesn't make sense to me, actually. I can't, like, why would it mean literal opposite things, you know? Like self-conscious is almost like you're being you're insecure about something. It's actually okay, a synonym. I'm, I'm reading more and I'm reading more up on it now. It sounds like some philosophical shit. Let's not go there. <laughs> All right. It's so cool. moving on, Let's, artifact is right. uh, in a long slumber. So we hope that it arises at some point. Um, all right. So we have a couple more things I want to talk about, Cinderwin. Some okay. other things that happened in esports <clears throat> in the past week or so. So do you know who Hungrybox is? I do. I watch his uh, food videos on YouTube. They're awesome. I had no idea that was a thing. But for people that don't know who that is, he's a Super Smash Brothers melee player that, uh, yep. I guess he plays a lot of Jigglypuff. Like he a plays lot. Jigglypuff, which people hate. <clears throat> we can get mm -hmm. to that. Okay. And he yeah, won a so. tournament. And I'm yep. sure most people have heard about this by now, but a crab, a dead crab, was thrown at him. Uh, that fan will be permabanned from the event. And they've distributed his name to... All the other event, like uh, tournaments, I suppose, to have him banned, mm -hmm. to have similar treatment. Uh, what What are your thoughts on this? Okay, so first of all, I think a little bit of background story is again just to try to understand why stuff like this happens uh, to this guy. I'm not agreeing with this behavior at all. Obviously, I think it should never happen. But um, in the melee community. Jigglypuff is like the most controversial character because the gameplay of the character is very like defensive and different from others where <clears throat> to a lot of people the essence of melee is this like very go at each other play super aggressive fight back and forth with swords or whatever like I'm making it sound super stupid compared to what it actually is but I do know that Jigglypuff is a very controversial character because it has a totally different play style and a lot of people hate it and think it goes totally against the essence of the game and what it should be it's like it's like techies and Dota, you know? A lot of people think techies is fucking stupid and sh and ruins the game and they hate it. Now imagine Dota had a one-on-one -on -one mode and there was a pro player who was really good at the game, who played techies every game. Then you could imagine the community would get pretty pissed. Like, wow, this is really stupid. This is not Dota, you know? He's playing techies all the time. Fuck mm. this shit. I want to watch people play Shadow <laughs> Fiend or Queen of Pain. Um, and this guy is playing this character and he's super good at it and it's in the game it's just part of the game he's just playing the game and playing a strategy that's viable the problem is not with the player if that is a bad influence on the game the problem is with the game he's playing the game and he's playing to win that's how it is and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that i think you should always if you're a competitive person and you're trying to win a game you should do whatever you can to win as long as it's within the rules so he's not cheating. He's just playing a character. And I think maybe from a fan's like. perspective that, again, I'm not justifying this at all, but there's no update. Like, this is the old Smash, right? Like, the really old one, I'm guessing. Yes. Melee is the so, old one from GameCube? Yeah, I, I assume. I it, there's no updates to this game. So No. 
Not the meta stays as it is for the most part. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's some variation with people figures things out because there's always innovations and whatnot, but the play style yeah. will stay the same for that character, yes. right? So that's probably talks very about, frustrating. Like the community and I think also parts of the pro community have suggested banning Jigglypuff from play because they think it's boring and stupid. Mm. But so, okay, that's the background of this. That's the controversy about around the character okay. so what i'm getting at here is the reason this happened to hungry box is almost guaranteed that he's playing jigglypuff that's what why. is a so what does a crab have to do with it or is it just he I, just threw a I random mean, the, thing the tournament was just in canada and i think there were crabs <laughs> there, and, you know, i think so something like that i think <laughs> I, I don't think there was like a very deep meaning to it honestly. Uh, I, I was I, it, I was waiting for it that's what I, <laughs> I think it was literally in a city in canada that has uh, a lot of crabs and seafood i think that's what it was i don't think there was like okay. any sort of like deeper meaning with like <laughs> crab being cancer or something i mean maybe maybe the symbolic meaning crab is called cancer in latin right yeah that's the solar whatever the, the zodiac or whatever star yeah. sign yeah exactly uh, so maybe like that's very deep right wow i threw cancer at you get cancer or whatever but uh, oh my god yeah it's it's just shit right like no matter how you look at it it looks uh, super bad it's fucking stupid like these players are playing to win they're not it's not the coliseum where you throw food at people or somebody who's a stand-up <laughs> comedian where it's encouraged to throw food at them when they make a bad joke these people are professional players you also don't go to a football match and start throwing fucking crabs on the field like what is that you know <laughs> it's just stupid um yeah i mean in in a sense it's it, the thing that makes it a little bit funny is the fact that it was a crab, because it's just stupid. Like, it's, it's just, it's just random. Like, it's, it's just, just yeah, random. It's so bizarre. It's bizarre, really. That's what it is. If they threw a tomato at him, the reaction would have been different. It would still be fucking annoying. But it was at least a tomato and not a crab, right? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. But the real problem here is obviously, first of all, that kind of thing should never happen. That somebody does that. It's super disrespectful and just really bad. But maybe the bigger in a sense the root of the problem is also an issue that the game can have a character that creates so much controversy that it actually gets people to do this stuff because i will almost guarantee it i can't tell you for sure i'll almost guarantee it that the guy who did this would not have done it to any other player or any other character it's speculation i know like maybe it's just a guy who went to this event and he was like i'm gonna throw a crab and <laughs> it just happened during hungry bucks's win randomly uh but yeah, no, I, I, it, I agree it's with it's that. really interesting that this kind of thing can happen where it creates so much divide. Well, it's it's also it's scary. It's just a character in the game. It's also scary yeah. because what if it was, it could have been anything else, right? I mean, I, I don't know how the of security course. is like. Yeah. Like in the U.S., what was it a couple of years ago? Maybe it was last year. The Madden shooting, which is like unbelievable. I mean, it's typical for America, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing, obviously. Um, no, but I believe like most esports events have upped their security as a result i don't know like you're not gonna uh, disallow somebody from bringing a fucking crab in there right so <clears throat> if you can eat you can eat dude it still makes it's so stupid right? it's like the situation is so stupid but it still makes me it's like it's, it it's serious chuckle, you know? but then when so, i think of the so, crab i laugh it's just so fucking dumb <laughs> you can't help yeah. but have a little giggle at it uh okay moving on uh yeah you hear about echo fox i did yes do you know who rick fox did you know who rick fox was before this uh, he is somebody in some American sport. Correct. He was a Lakers player, and I hated basketball. him, actually. Yes, basketball, okay. NBA player. Gotcha. I really hated yeah. him as a player because he did some sketchy stuff against the Suns. It's just a personal bias. But oh, yeah, the thing okay. I do like about him is that he got into esports, uh, mm -hmm. and he created the... His name is Rick Fox, of course, and he created the yep. organization Echo Fox, 
And he is now leaving the organization because a shareholder, who I assume has a shit ton of money, called him the N-word, among other people, I think. And obviously, Rick Fox is black. Um, yeah. Not that, that I guess that doesn't really matter, but either way, he le- this is the thing that I found interesting, though, because a lot of people didn't realize it, and this is going to be an amazing segue. Uh, he left his own organization. It means that this shareholder had the majority ownership, most likely. He has a shit ton of money yes, in the team. That means Rick Fox, even though his name is on it, didn't have full control, obviously. Yeah. Right? What do you think about this situation? I feel like I've heard of it before, but I'm sure you're going to enlighten me again later. <laughs> At some point. You never know. We're getting to that next, yes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, the... It's just like, what is there to say? It's just shit, you know? Like, I don't know. What 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 else can you say? It's it's a super shit situation. Was it the right move to leave? Could he have done something else? Could he have, you know, handled it in a different way that would make the shareholder end up being the one who had to, to take his leave or whatever um, somehow because the PR was too bad? I mean, that's clearly very fucking bad PR, I would say, especially in an American organization. I, I feel think like this kind it of stuff kills the org, actually. I mean, I could be wrong. That that he leaves or that that thing happens? Both. Both things happening, I think, kills uh-huh. it. I Like, who wants to sponsor it, this if, team? Who wants to sponsor If that's it? his read on the situation, like, if that's his read on it, this is the ultimate power play. He's like, yes. you know, fuck you. you know, I'm just right. going to leave and you can sit with these pieces and I just ruined it for you. He can just go and make a new org if he wants. Like, if he didn't have the majority of the share, he might have made profit of it already, you know, or taken maybe a minimal loss compared to his wealth. And he's just like, fuck it. You know, I don't, I don't need to put up with this shit. I'm too, right. I'm too proud for this, which I'm using the word proud, not in a negative context here. Like he doesn't need to put up with the shit. So sure. Like I, I would imagine that for, for Rick, one of two things will probably happen. If he really liked esports, what it, it genuinely seemed like he did. I don't think he was just putting on a face for the camera or whatever. I think he really loved his team. He will probably either uh, invest into a different org and become a shareholder in it without maybe necessarily having the majority, or he will make a new org and make sure that he maintains the majority so this never happens again. I think one of those two things will happen. So either way, if he stays in esports, it's good for esports. He's passionate. He has money. He has contacts, influence. He can help grow the game, uh, the games that he is interested in. It's all good. You don't need to... Don't need to deal with that sh- that kind of shit. Just get it out of there. And I think it's really good to make a powerful stance on it too. Like just really destroy it. You know, make mm-hmm. a really powerful statement is always going to be more impactful. I'm very interested to see what happens with that org now because yeah, I I do. You got to be worried you if you're it's... another investor in that org. <clears throat> oh, I if I was an investor, I'd be out of there immediately if I could. I don't know what you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody has different contracts and whatnot. So yeah, who wants to buy the shares? <laughs> yeah, that's also true. You can always change the name and get rid of that shareholder and apologize. That's change the name to Artifact. <laughs> then you know it'll die. All right. So <laughs> that leads us into the final thing I want to talk about today, Cinderwin. Okay. Um, <laughs> where do I begin? Digital chaos. I'm wearing the shirt today. Um. For those that are watching on video, if you're watching on audio, just uh, visualize digital chaos watching on a shirt, on and and that's what 2009. Whoever's watching on, there's some people like that. Okay, uh, so as you guys know, and you can interject anytime you like. I don't want this to be a monologue necessarily, Cinderwin. Uh, my NDA is up, so I can technically talk about anything I want, but 
I will not. I will say, I, I think I'd like to go over the full year and a half that I was with the org and talk about what happened and kind of give a little taste of what it was like. But there's some things I will not talk about because what is the reason that I can't talk about, or I, I can, I won't talk about it. I don't know. I, I can't really say, I guess. Because it, it's, it's it feels weird. wrong? It feels right to do it, but oh. I do need some ammunition if things ever get hairy in the future. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, that's the best way I can put it. So people ask how the organization started. Um, I met a millionaire, an eccentric millionaire, as we'll call him. Uh, From now on, EM. <laughs> EM. And God, why am I so... Ugh, this is weird to talk about. Anyway, we both wanted to make a team. We both lived in Arizona, and it just sounded like a lot of fun. Obviously, it's something I've always wanted to do, like being involved in uh, or being a fan of traditional sports. It's just like you always want to be the general manager. That is like the dream job. That is like mm -hmm. if somebody can make me GM of the Suns right now, I would like give up everything. It would just be super fun, and I'd be super into it. Anyway, uh. We talked about making a team, and we organized a lot of thoughts. Tried to, I think, when when did we actually make it? It was after TI five, right? So six months prior to that, we tried getting a team. I can't remember who it was at this point. Like at one of the roster shuffles, it just didn't happen. It wasn't realistic. So we waited until yeah. after TI five or EG one, and they kicked AUI. Uh, we met with some players, and this is an interesting thing that I think people will find uh, maybe. Maybe shocking is not the right word, but we had a choice of two teams, Cinderin. You remember this? I, I've definitely told you pretty much everything about this. Uh, it's a long time ago, but when you say it, I've definitely heard it before. Um, so the player that I always wanted and the reason I wanted to make a team was because I really wanted one specific player because he had been my favorite player since Han. Very flashy, awesome to watch, super nice guy, super chill. Just seemed like it would be a perfect match, if you will. His name was No Tail. His name is No Tail, actually. And it's we me. met with him. Oh, yes, it was yeah. Cinderin. All <laughs> yes. Uh, so I met with No Tail at TI, and we just talked to him about you know potentially getting an org organized for him and all that stuff. And he didn't have a team at the time. We actually sat down with Karoki as well. He was just sitting in on it. Um. Fast forward a couple of weeks later because the shuffle is still occurring or still things are still transpiring, if you will. And that's when like AUI got kicked because I don't think it was immediately after TF. I don't remember if I remember correctly because he was never really on our radar. And he built a team NA based with uh, like Bulba and everybody else, TC. So we had a choice technically of No Tail who put together this team, which is OG. They weren't called that, of course. It was a monkey business or this yeah. NA team which if I'm being honest, I preferred OG at the time, but NA did make more logistical sense because they're already in North America. It's going to be way easier to do, you know, uh, boot camps and whatnot. So yeah. we chose AUI instead of the reason I got involved in the team building aspect in general. So yeah. 
that team with AOI was not successful at all. Obviously, it was a disaster. Uh, of course, we tried to do our best to. I wanted to like the entire vision of the team was to make an organization that was kind of different than everybody else. Take care of the players first. Worry about everything else second. Um, and then the roster shuffle of the following year occurred, and amongst it were AUI and Bulba. We had just put together, we were just putting together a roster that was very nice, actually, and I was extremely excited. It was AUI, I'm trying to remember everybody. We had Kick TC and Yawar, I believe. So it was AUI, Bulba. Uh, we brought Resolution in to play the mid role at the time. Yeah. Um, wow, I'm trying to remember everybody else on the roster. Anyway, the, the roster, like in scrims and whatnot, it was super solid. We're like, finally, we have like this roster that clicks. It's going to be great. And then EG gives an offer to both AOI and Bulba, and they just leave. And this is like two days before the roster lock. So <clears throat> we Yikes. obviously are crushed by this news because the organization has been a, well, the team, I shouldn't say the organization, the team has been a complete disaster to that point. We'd given up everything to try to make this work. Um, and then obviously resolution is kind of in limbo. Weha and misery get kicked. So we kind of pick up these leftovers with Moo and Soxa and yep. the roster looks at the time was pretty good on paper. It wasn't like, Oh my God. I mean, it was, it was exciting of course, cause we're getting new people kind of new blood, if you will, bringing them yeah. to the United States. Um, <clears throat> actually got them a team house, which is a video on this on the channel, actually. Team house that was in walking distance of the house that Nikki and I were at at the time uh, because we were doing everything with the team, essentially. So that was super fun because you get to interact with the players a lot. You get to watch the matches in person. It's That was a super fun time for me, personally. Uh, mm -hmm. But they didn't perform particularly well. Um, and again, I've left out a lot of stuff, but I'm going to kind of go over a bit now. The Manila Major... They did very poorly um, after a good start. I think we actually got to the upper bracket right away, and then we just lost out completely. So I think it was mm -hmm. 12th place or something like that. That would be, <clears throat> yes, something 9 like. to 12. Yeah, I think that was... So that was a big disappointment. Um, and all the while, how do I paint this picture for people to understand? There, the organization itself was super toxic behind the scenes. Like... I could go on for days. It was as toxic as it can be, like stressful working environment. It was really bad. Um, people were talking about, okay, the thing I should preface before this, of course, I am a minority owner technically, even though I own a pretty large portion of the team, minority owner. Uh, there was a majority owner that obviously had control of everything. So the, the closest comparison I can make is, like, an, this is probably... Like whatever sports you watch, there's something similar. There's an owner and then there's a general manager. The general manager makes the decisions. The owner vetoes if he wants, right? Yeah. So that's yes. kind of what we had in place. I was kind of the GM, except, of course, I had ownership as well, just not majority, right? So yeah. all the while, like, it got... It was very toxic, like I said, but it got especially bad during Manila Major. I was talking about selling the team, kicking the players, um... <laughs> he would <laughs> this one's funny and I think I'm starting to learn more day by day or now that more I think about it again uh, he would talk so Nikki was the manager he would talk yeah. crap about me to Nikki 
And then he would also talk crap about Nikki to me as if we don't live in the same house. I always found that just like mind boggling. Like how, and then I realized that he actually just does that to everybody. Right. Or at least I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so he's talking about doing all this stuff cause they perform so poorly. Uh, and then right before TI, of course we had just lost a bunch of tournaments. Like I think the summit or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Nikki, AKA Sajidine quit because things got really bad between the two of them. Um, she found out she was going to get fired after TI. So she's like, well, I'm just going to quit now then. Like, what's the point? Uh, of course it goes much, much deeper than that, but I won't get into it. Um, so we get on to TI six and I'm kind of taking over the managerial duties, which is very stressful in itself. Uh, TI six rolls around. Like I said, we have two coaches. This, <laughs> there's so many interesting stories. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, the coaches are Piecat and Lumden, okay? And there's drama in itself within this whole thing as well. But uh, the thing I will talk about is that both coaches were very important to the team, regardless of players on the team thinking otherwise. Because um, you had, for example, like... And you've pr- you've been a coach many times, Sindarin, and I'm sure you've been coached. Mm, you've been not a coach. many times. What do you I mean? I coached Alliance one event. That's it? Oh. Yeah. Well, but you have the coach's mentality at the very least. I think. Uh, you had well, one event and one boot camp or something, whatever. And I think you kind of encompass what everybody's looking for because you kind of meld in exactly or you adapt exactly what is needed of you. So, for example, PyCat was really good at drafting and Misery was mm-hmm. just like on him. Like they were both perfect pair. And Moo ne- doesn't necessarily listen to PyCat all that much. Uh, and then Resolution, Soxa, and uh, Weeha listen to PyCat. It was just like a normal coach. And then you have Loomden, who is maybe not as mechanically skilled in terms of talking about that kind of stuff with the players, but he was like a life coach to Moo, for example, because Moo was very moody, not to be, not to Mm -hmm. pun, throw a pun in there, very moody. And just needed somebody like with positive reinforcement. He was a huge help to Moo. Like this, Moo played amazing at that tournament, like God tier. He was super good. Uh, and then Weeha, for example, this is just a random example. Uh, he didn't really have much of an opinion on Lumden, I don't think, but there was one specific mechanic that Lumden brought up, which is actually, I think, I'm trying to think of what it was. I'm going to make an example here. I don't know if it's exactly the same thing, but it I think it was the, because at the time it wasn't maybe as common knowledge as it is now, the aggroing creeps from across the map. Mm-hmm. In the mid lane, we're talking about mid lane specifically for Weeha. Um, he didn't know how to do that. He didn't know that was a thing. There's something like that. Weeha and Weeha's worst aspect of his entire uh, time with DC was his laning stage. It was shit. He had garbage laning stage, but he was extremely skilled at spell casting. And once he got items, he was unstoppable. If you fix that laning stage, which that one little thing did, apparently. It changed everything. So the team just clicked all of a sudden. There, it felt like an OG thing from this last tournament. You had this like huge burst. There was a game specifically where it all started with uh, the momentum, where Resolution was morphling, and he backdoored like two barracks, and everybody was going crazy. This was in the group stage. And literally that one game, everything changed. The team that had just been shit on the last six months became an absolute powerhouse. Their spirits were high. It was actually really cool to see something transpire like that because if I'm being honest, TI placement was a complete fluke. Second place, I mean, if 
history shows anything. They placed first at ESL and one Genting later on. Every other yeah. tournament other than TI was dog shit, right? And ESL one Genting was after any norm. I think it was that 7.0 patch thing that changed everything. That in itself, yeah. you can't even take that with a grain of salt. So that was TI six was a complete fluke uh, because the team just never worked together, you know? Um, but anyway, back to the story. So TI six rolls around and we do well, second place. Uh, beyond expectations, I didn't get any prize pool. I mean, this is a whole nother story, but it was negotiated without my knowledge that we would not keep any prize pool from the org, which I think is a uh, what's a nice way. To, <laughs> if I if I had control of the org, I would never agree to not keep any prize pool because, especially with this kind of org where we're taking care of everything, we're team housing with like literally everything we're taking care of. I think it's a joke not to get any prize pool, just for the record. But anyway, going on past that. So the team was successful, and the owner f started taking more interest in the team because of the success and wanted to move the players to their his complex, if you will. And this was 45 minutes away from me. So after that happened, um, I started losing touch with the players. I didn't. I, I, I still watched their scrims, but wasn't really taking part in a lot of you know, team activity. We had just kicked Moo. Forgot to mention that, um, which was a team decision. Uh, we picked up Moon Meander instead. Uh, and the funny thing, <laughs> oh my God, I wish I could talk about a lot of this stuff. But so the owner moved the players to his complex to be more involved. And he would take them to party. Like a couple of the players really liked to party. As you as you probably know yeah. who I'm talking about, yeah. they're really party fans. Um, but he would take them to like raves and some crazy like stuff in Vegas, like a day before they need to play like really important matches, and then they play horribly the next day, and then he gets really really angry. Of course, he never gets angry with the players. I don't think just behind the scenes kind of stuff. But that's just a small taste of kind of the toxicity involved. Um, and then, you know, as we start to lose touch with the team, we go to Boston Major, and the manager at the time did something that I consider to be completely unforgivable, and I want to fire her, and she was not fired. Let's just say that. And that's, again, other reasons uh, <laughs> that I won't get into. God, this story is so shit because I can't talk about some of the stuff, Sindarin. Uh, and then ESL and Genting occurs like we talked about, and they won, and then... Everybody kind of separates. They go on to Planet Odd. I'm out. Uh, and that's that. So that's the... What's it called when you... Is it an abridged version? Is that the right word? When you... What's it called when you're reading something that's uh, classified and it's blocked out? You know what uh, I mean? Censored version? What do you mean? Sure. I guess that redacted. Thank you, chat. Oh, yeah. That is the redacted version of the DC yeah. story. So that, so all in all, it was a great experience because I learned a lot, um, but extremely toxic. But I man. learned a lot about human nature, Sindarin. And I've I talked to yeah. you a few times about this and I, like you think. That's the problem when you hang with people like me, you just get a very optimistic view on life. Yeah. You're, you're very unique, guy, right? you know, because you watch movies of, certain individuals and you're like there's no way that's real and then like you watch trump on tv you're like that, that can't be a real human being that's fake right that's a cartoon character but they exist and it's mind mind-boggling to say the least 
So that is the end sorry of the story. That I, I'm sorry that I warped your view on reality, got you into trouble, because I, I made you too that. optimistic and positive and, you know, naive. <laughs> <laughs> you berate me all the time about vocabulary and grammar. I think, I think you're just fine, buddy. Anyway, uh, sorry to go off on like such a uh, down note slash me just on a monologue. I, I just had to get that story out there, and now that that's out there, I don't have to actually, talk about it ever again. You know, you know? okay, so it's it's one hundred percent on you how much you want to talk about because I know like I was just paying a bit of attention to what Chad was talking about about this stuff, and there's reasons why you're not saying stuff that you're not saying. But I'm sure you've read about all the stuff that was aired on Reddit about Loomdon, like. Mm. A month or two ago, I, yes. I would guess you had read about that. My phone number was posted publicly in that drama. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Let's get doxxed as well. That's <laughs> perfect icing on the cake for this story. So um, what about it? So what? A, yeah, well, what about that? Because the way you're presenting this case right now is that Lumden was a great coach. He was really useful for the team. <clears> and <throat> some people didn't really mind too much. And for others, it was really great. But it didn't sound like anybody hated him or had really negative experiences. Oh, they him. did. Then you, no, they did. Oh, they did? Okay. I'm not going to name the, names. The stuff, you're certain... the stuff you're reading. No, no, you don't have to put names. It's more like you presented it in a very positive way. When right. everything I have read has been really negative. So I was wondering like, if your experience yeah, I mean, was totally different. Or... In terms of the, the drama, I have nothing to say because I don't know anything about it, honestly. I barely even okay. read what the drama was. But during the actual tournament itself, uh, yeah, uh, someone really hated him that was on the team. Okay. Uh, which, again, I, there's no point in even talking about individuals. Wait, you, but... no, 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 you don't have to drop names. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think internally there was a debate whether he was useful or not. I just wanted to, uh -huh. you know... I have no qualms about anybody or any past experience with any of the players or coaches, but uh, he definitely had value. I mean, PyCat was considered the main coach, but I think yeah. loomed in. With, like, take out one of those people, the team doesn't even get top eight. Literally, that is 100% going to happen. Oh, like, it's wow. Just, that's crazy. Like, one person out of the equation. Like, that's, that tournament was a perfect storm. It was a fluke. You replay that tournament, it will not happen. You know? So... That's what I heard about OG thing. last TI as well. That was a fluke too, because now they're think? not playing. <laughs> no, it's just it's just funny how the community is like fluke TI, fluke TI. We don't <laughs> like these winners. <laughs> okay, well, I think there's there's a. Uh... I mean, some okay. Let let's not say the community like it's one entity because that's not true. Like a lot of people were super happy for OG and thought they were going to be great. I personally wouldn't even have placed them top eight. So for me, it was a huge surprise. But the whole thing about this uh, this whole fluke thing is basically the way you prove that it wasn't a fluke is that you have success afterwards. And they haven't had that. So, I mean, the, the argument... A lot of TI teams have not had success right after. Now, right? Yeah. Right. Some did. But, with like, for example, Liquid. It's hard to say that it was... A, nobody's saying it was a fluke TI for Liquid because they were good going into TI. They won multiple tournaments after TI, and they have stayed at the top since. Like, they haven't been winning tournaments, but they have still been... They've had... How to say? They've had one or two <clears> disappointing <throat> results, but they've always been in contention, Right. Like, they right. still are considered a powerhouse. Even if they have one or two bad tournaments, people will still consider Liquid a top team. But for OG, all it took was, like, one or two tournaments being bad, and people are just, you know, because, like, they didn't feel like OG were as strong going into TI as Liquid were in TI7. And I think that is completely fair to say. Uh, but th that also means that how to say that, again, I'm going to say grace period. The grace period that the, that the negative part of the community about these players will give them is way shorter. It's like, okay... 
you want TI, prove it. Prove that you're this good or that it wasn't a fluke. And then if they don't do it quickly, they're like, yep, it was a fluke. Yeah, and I think... But there, at the same time, certain... they didn't play with the full roster, though. They didn't yeah. play with Ana since TI. And it's important. The whole of recipe is important. Let's see now. Let's see now how it goes. And then... There's a there's yeah. a certain aspect, and we'll finish on this, if you don't mind. Uh, there's a certain sure. aspect that is usually brought up a lot in traditional sports that is not... I've mentioned it before, and people kind of scoff at it. This was years ago. The idea of momentum is yes. so fucking gigantic. And this is the... Like you can call it a fluke. I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't. I don't even mean that negatively when I say fluke. But the way that OG won last year and the way that we got second at TI six, those are built off of pure momentum based on circumstances that occur uh, and how you react to them. And yeah. like just having this feeling, like OG just we have like they wanted it more than anybody. Period. Like that's not even a question. And it actually helped them win games. And it was the same way for DC. Uh, so yeah. That is yeah. all. <laughs> we'll end on that cough. So Let's carry on words? some momentum to next week. Yes, we we skipped a few topics that we will get to eventually. Ending on a cliffhanger here. What's the, what's Somehow. the cliffhanger? I don't know. That's how you carry on momentum, right? Oh, okay. so say something really controversial, and then we just cut the stream instantly. Cinderin is a beautiful man. Uh, so closing thoughts. Uh, oh shit, dude! I want to hear more about that. Gotta make sure that you guys post your questions or topics in. Either tweet at us or uh, put them in the comments of the YouTube video that will eventually come. And we will try to get to every topic and question at some point in time. So thanks for watching, guys. Remember, we love you. Or listening. What did I say? Watch. Oh, fuck. This is supposed to be catered to... All right, we're restarting it's this It's a podcast. podcast. You're listening. Restarting the episode. Bye. <laughs>